Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20 down. Five touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. A week from Thanksgiving. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, our producer. Nick Roush is out today. Out. But it is Trivia Thursday, so we've got Corey Price in. Corey Price in studio this morning for the first segment plus. Uh, Usually hangs out a little bit into the second segment. Corey, how are you? I'm doing swell. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, kind of sad that Nick's not here, so I guess uh, it'll just be you and Scooch with the the, uh, the questions today. Scooch, you ready for a little 1930s UK trivia? <laughs> well, I, I, I want to apologize ahead of time. If you're counting on me for answers, then I don't know how well this is going to go, but I, I'll do my best. Scooch, big morning for you. Sydney Sweeney trending. Is, that, is it? That's a big morning for me? <laughs> You're big. You've always talked about Sydney Sweeney. She is good looking, but she's not like one of my, one of my ones. Oh, you know, doesn't not not top five. Not no. top five. No. I have no idea who that person is. Sorry, Sydney oh. Sweeney. Look yeah. her up, Corey. She's gorgeous. <laughs> okay, she's uh, an actress, and uh, she she is she is an attractive woman. But I, 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 you know what, Scoots? I'm not afraid to even say it. I think I think she's a better actress. Hmm. That's very big of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I actually do like I, the some of the stuff she's been in. Not that I've seen, not that I've seen all of her work, but some of the stuff that she's been in, I uh, have enjoyed. Uh, but I can't find out why she why she's trending. Oh, I think she won. No, I don't know. Maybe she won Sexiest Woman, or she's going to be Catwoman, or she's in Woman's Health magazine. It's one of those three things. <laughs> one of those three things. The new trending section on Twitter kind of stinks. It doesn't really tell you why or what why it's trending. Uh, Kitty Payne also trending. No, Oof. he's maybe trending for all the wrong reasons. Although they did get a win, and as I tried to warn everybody, like, dude, do, do, I know it's U of L. I know people are going to see that it's like a seventeen point number and be like, no way, U of L is going to cover seventeen. I tried to tell people to be cautious, just how bad Coppin State was. U of L did get the cover, much lower scoring game than I would have thought it was, but U of L did get the cover. They did get the win. Corey Price, they're 2-1, and one, just like the Cats. Yeah, they're uh, halfway to their season win total from, from last year. They it's are. Only no, it was November 15th. Uh, 
Was that your stat about them having a winning record? Yeah, it's 655 okay. days since the last time they had a winning record. Yeah. Scoot, you hear that? No, that's 655 awesome. days since the last time U of L had a winning record. So people think it's bad now. At least you have a winning record. Yeah. First time you could say that in nearly a year and a half, two years. Yep. By the way, wild Corey. I was at a, I had to go to Midway last night to call a game. So I was listening to the Louisville game on my way home. Nick Curran on the call last night. Not Paul Rogers. Yeah, Paul Rogers' father passed away, yeah. Scoot, so thanks oh. for bringing that up. I did hear that. But no, it was cool to hear Nick Curran on the call. Paul Rogers' father, 99 years old. What a life great, lived, I would imagine. Great life. And awesome. uh, to get to hear your baby son, who wasn't so much a baby anymore, call U of L games for the last however long. Uh, I bet that was really, really enjoyable. So our thoughts are with uh, Paul and his entire family. Uh, introduced myself to Paul at a bathroom urinal. <laughs> at the governor's kickoff luncheon. Been a common occurrence for you lately. Ba- back in the day. What was the other one? <laughs> the mascot, right? What mascot? Um, or no, that was John. I'm thinking of Spears. Spears met the uh, mascot for Chattanooga in the bathroom when they were down there for the, the game. The mascot goes tinkle? <laughs> or he was, John said he was putting on his outfit Mock in, in the a, bathroom. A, a, a big poo-poo? Mock, yeah. Dean, yeah. Uh uh, isn't Paul a UK alum, I think? I yes, yeah. uh, that is accurate. So is John Ramsey, who used to do radio with Mike yeah. Rutherford. Uh, they've they've got plenty of, you. Uh, I believe, Diener. Drew Diener, big U of L radio guy. I believe he's a UK alum as well. So, yeah, but, I mean, people just want a good education, Corey. That's, that's right. That's what it really comes down that's to. That's why I went there. So mm-hmm. Get the text into the Thornton's text line. We try to do the morning grab-and-go segment. You text it in in the first segment. We'll do our best to try to read it on air. We're going to have a fun show for you today. Uh, kind of a late – Corey had a late start getting here. Or he, he he still beat me here, and he was like, ah, I just got here. Well, if he just got here, I was a little late. Uh, Train in Linden, craziness in the morning. Uh, but it's going to be a fun show for you. It is Thursday, so we are going to have trivia We've got Ravens and Bengals tonight for the NFL game, which is a great yeah. – the pri- for as poopy as the primetime games were last week, this week, Scoots, they're, they're yeah. really good. Uh, and Scoots has already made his pe- his picks on the Spears show yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Days are running together with the late Although I did try a new possibly. strategy this week. Yeah, how do you try a new strategy when you're winning the last two weeks? I, 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 tried, I, was, I was listening to that second. Yeah, I tried telling them it's all – it's all been luck as it is, so might as well. I just wrote down my scores, what I thought's going to happen, and I based it off of that. So yeah, we'll see so, how I do. I mean, it's a. Put, I'm going to put some air quotes around new strategy. So your new strategy was just writing down what you think the score is going to be. Yeah, which I haven't tried that this year. Which Corey, I think when you're picking games in your head, you do an imaginary score, right? Like you don't. Yeah. You, you may not necessarily be like 41 to 24, but you may say, "I think the Cowboys are going to win by 17." Right. Yeah. I don't so you see, just put it on paper. I don't like when I hear the spread, when John throws the spread at me, I don't think about what the potential score is going to be. I, I just think in terms of can can each team cover and how are they going to cover? I don't I don't really think of a score. So, the whole score thing was was a new strategy for me. You can hate on it all you want. Nobody's but. hating on it. I I mean, I guess when you put pen to paper and put two numbers down, it could get you thinking a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They say to cure writer's block, it's just kind of doodle write things down just random words things that you see sure and different different things could pop into your brain potentially so i'm not i'm not hating i'm just saying i do think it's probably not like the most uncommon thing in the world 
I would. I would. But you agree you with didn't that. reinvent the wheel. No, 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 no. I'm. Yeah, I'm not saying that I invented this strategy. It's just a new strategy for me. Be hilarious if you did go like 14 and 0 this week. <laughs> it's like this new gambling model, you have to hear to believe. For what it's worth, I did nail the uh, Seahawks spread. I had them winning 24-23, and they're favored by one. That was fun. Way to go. Nice. We're, we're all very proud of you. <laughs> Corey, what would you think of the Champions Classic? Now that we've had some time to, to stew in it. Uh, I guess I'm going to take the easy way out and say there's a lot, a lot of good and bad. Um, uh, I mean, uh, we let Hunter get his. I had 27-21. Uh, I was a little um, disappointed that uh, Harris went off. I think he he was averaging like w- one point a game. He scored twenty three. That was not ideal. But uh, we we still played fast. We still kept the turned the ball over down. I think we only gave it gave it up like eight times, which is still a pretty good number. Um, Rob went off for about a span of two two or three minutes. Uh, Reed once again, both on offense and defense, was making plays. Uh, down the stretch, he had a couple plays that, uh, you know, the one where he drove past Hunter and had, in my opinion, a, a uh, open layup, and he passed it up for a three and he missed it. And then, of course, that last shot with like seven seconds left was a little, little, little quick. But yeah, uh, all in all, pretty good. Um, you know, you, 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 you hate to see a 14 point lead uh, loss in the second half, but there's plenty to be uh, uh, op- optimistic about. Um, I mean, obviously, it'd be nice if we get. One of the big guys back soon, I guess. More more than likely, probably Bradshaw will be the, the first one back. But when, I mean, who knows? So, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see if we get another update from Cal. I wonder if he's meeting with the media today or somebody's meeting with the media today. They normally do it a, ga- a day before games, but right. it also feels like we just you know heard from them at midnight two nights ago or Tuesday night. So. I'm not sure if they will or won't, but it'd be nice to get another, hey, you know, about a week ago, you said a week or two for Bradshaw. Are we, is it now a week? Is it is it now zero days to a week potentially, or are, are we improving on that timeline? It'd be nice to just get some confirmation that we are. The only downside to that, Corey, is if the update is, no, nah, still about a week or two, still about, a, and then in a week, it's still a week or two, or a week or two, and UK fans have have been down that road a time or two, about a week or two, I guess you could say. So, yeah, yeah uh, we, we, we've got more text on the Thornton's text line about the Champions Classic. I kind of sort of stepped in it, Scoots. I was getting kind of crushed on the text line right after the show yesterday. Mm-hmm. I said something that I very clearly, if you're getting crushed that that largely on the text line, I did not do a good enough job of clarifying what I meant, so I'll have to get to that on today's show as well. Fun. Uh, people people were coming after me. But I, I've, I've got it backed up with stats and reason and facts, so Ooh, we are like definitely it. not done with the Champions Classic. Uh, right now only, let's see, We've, who is this? Uh, the first texter into the Thornton's text line this morning. Well, the, really, the first one was at 3.55 a.m., but not a first segment texter. TJ getting ready to complain about the refs the day after a Kentucky basketball loss, and it was Ray Lewis. Uh, you know, I'm always – you complain about Calipari anytime you don't like a call he he makes. Why is Cal fair criticism and officials aren't, Plumley, bro? Say Ray, Ray Lewis, like the Ray Lewis? Like Ray Lewis when he'd do his intro coming oh, out of the okay. field, you gotcha. know, like getting pumped up, all excited yeah. and whatnot. Great dance, great intro. 
But like you know, I didn't blame Kentucky's loss to Kansas on the officials, that, and and I will if I think the officials cost UK a game. We'll have no problem at all blaming the officials. But they missed some calls, and Roush noted that they that Kentucky got a favorable call or two. Um, but you yeah, know, I, I still think they they all of a sudden became incredibly inconsistent at times. Corey, they let him play, and it was physical. And then as the second half goes on, as we see so often in college basketball, it became a little more ticky tack, touchy. And a, a little bit of a free throw fest, unfortunately, at times. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel any shame in calling out officials when they make bad calls. Um, they, they should pay attention to that stuff. That's the only way you're going to improve. I will say that, like early watching college basketball so far, Corey, I've enjoyed not having as many like block charge fifty fifty calls. Yeah. They're trying to eliminate that. Scoots, I think it has. And I think I saw a stat yesterday that scoring's up. I don't know if that's necessarily a correlation with that stat, but maybe you saw something like that, Corey. Uh, no? Scoring was not up last night for uh, the Cards. They scored 61 points against a, no. a really quality team in, no. in Coppin State. Yeah, um, combined, what, 102, 102 yeah. in that game, yeah. which uh, that really is a low total. But for the most yeah. part, um, I, I've, you know, it's not, it's not playing the blame game with the officials, but they were slightly inconsistent with how they were calling the game throughout. Another texter getting in on the morning grab-and-go. We've got, oh, our buddy Local John. Local John, good morning, everyone. I will be glad to get the day over. I will be heading to Lexington tomorrow to watch the Basketball Cats in action, and I can't wait. Hey, this is a question for Corey, Justin, and TJ. Would answering or giving trivia questions, what is your favorite subject and what time frame of said subject? Well, got to go speak with you later. That's awesome. You get to go to the game tomorrow, John. I'm going to try to go to more U.K. basketball games this year. I'm, I'm Will I? I don't know. But baby number two coming in April, life obviously going to get a lot different. And then also come April, it becomes the great sports drought, Corey. You don't really get UK athletics. You get baseball, which was fun last year. But In April, it should be baby number two and title number nine, right? I hope so. That's yeah. what we're planning for. Yeah. So I'm going to try to get to more games. Um, and also, this team's just, I think, going to be really, really fun to watch. I'm going to want to be in person for, for some of those games. If so, Kentucky wins the championship, you, TJ, will you name your child Title Nine? <laughs> title Nine. Title Nine Walker. <laughs> Sounds good. People would think it's just like something super political. No, no, just a big Cats fan. <laughs> it was funny last night. This was actually kind of cute. We were getting ready for bed, and the U of L game had started. And Hannah, a U of L fan, my wife. She was like, the cards, UK played last night, and the cards are playing tonight. Can you say go cards? And she went, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. <laughs> smart, smart lady. I was like, ah. And then, of course, Hannah, which rubbed me the wrong way in a unseared, like I wasn't very, I wasn't actually upset about it or anything. She went, no, 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 no. We don't do that for the cards. I was like, Hannah, no. We're going to confuse her. Just tell her, like, yay, good job. But this time, can you go C-A-R-D-S? And she was like, well, no, no, during L game, she needs to root for L, not UK. I was like, okay, for a two-year-old, this is probably going to be a, 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 a twister in her brain for her. So I was like, just can, can, you say, can you say go cards? And she said go cards. And then when Hannah wasn't looking, I was like, go big blue. Go, Wait, big, go big blue. So speak- of course, like when I say that she's saying these things, it's a, it's a variation of more like, oh, go big blue. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. So you Corey said Louisville scored sixty one points and they covered? 
Oh, yeah, baby. What was the final? 61 to 41. Okay, so Holy let's do a smokes. little peek in math for you. If that there was, was 102 <laughs> total points and UofL uh, scored 41 of, or, I, I or 61 of them. Oops. I, I forgot the total of 102 that you said. Gave My you, bad. Yeah, it was super low scoring. It, it was, was ugly. Scoring fest, yeah. How'd the midway game go? It was good. They uh, they kicked some ass, so it was a lot of fun. And I normally have to do those games solo, but their uh, vice president of athletics joined me on the call, so it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's had, great. Had a good time. They Did played. You have to, uh, like, pretend like you like. What's going on at Midway? They, why would somebody want to come here? They played uh, Taylor University. Do you all know anything about Taylor University? She's got her own university now. Yes. Yeah, they uh, Swift. It's, it's crazy, man. They have my the favorite. Ta- Taylor University has my favorite college basketball tradition. Oh, is, is that where getting blown uh, out by Midway? Is that where all the fans stand up until they score like ten points or yeah, something? Like the, that? the Silent Night game. Yeah, if yeah, you, yeah, if yeah. you haven't ever seen the Silent Night game, TJ, check it out. Go to YouTube today. It. Look at it. Yeah. It's so fun. I didn't realize that was what is that D two? Uh, they are in AIA, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, cool. Uh, some trivia would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, right. Do we have the music queued up? We do. Trivia Thursday. Corey Price. TJ Walker, our producer, Justin Kalen. Justin, I hope you're ready for the big stage, buddy. I'm ready. I hope Nick's somewhere getting his free free uh, coffee today. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thornton's so, would be the place. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. So, uh, Cats are playing the Gamecocks on Saturday, their last conference game of the season. So, this is all about the Cox. <laughs> I'm not going to be very good at yeah, this. A, oh, okay. <laughs> I hope none of us are good at it. <laughs> Question about Cox. Okay. So, Kentucky's largest comeback ever in school history came against South Carolina. What was the year of that game, and what was the largest deficit in that game? I think it was 2010 or 2009, whatever year that, whatever, I gotta, I'll have to do them. So, it would have been 2010, 2010, because they played on the road in 07 down in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think they were down like 17 a lot of my friends left at halftime. We stayed. Ended up making for a really, really fun game. I'll go 2010, 17 points. Man, so close. 2010, and they were down by 18 points. Oh! <laughs> I'm giving it to you, TJ. Thank you. That's they good. were I down. Was, I probably I would not have gotten that one right, Corey, if I was not there for the whole thing. They were oh. down 28 to 10 in the third quarter and won 31 to 28. Yeah, that was really fun. That it was, was the game. like wide open heart uh, line on his back, you yeah. know, doing the thing. That that was. That was awesome, and then people rushed the field. Made I think that was Keeneland Saturday as well. Good day. Good day all around, Corey. Good trivia question. I'm with Scoots. We'll give it to me. So this one's uh, the answer is a number, so if you just get close, that's, that's fine. Okay. Mo Williams set both a school and SEC record for most all-purpose yards in a single game against South Carolina in 1995. How many all-purpose yards did he have in that game? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I feel like this number has been – Said, I don't know if a Kentucky player over the last like six or seven years was close to this number potentially, and this number got mentioned. Uh, maybe not, or maybe they just mentioned it as like a matter of fact. Got to be in the threes, right? Yeah, I think easily. I think maybe you're even. If you're getting, setting a school record, yeah, maybe even Because um, like you got to think about like if you have a kick return, punt return, return, yeah. You know, those, those add up. I don't know the number. This is just a guess hoping to get close to it. I'll go 465. I'm going to go lower. I'm, I'm going to say 382. Uh, you're kind of in the middle of both of y'all. He had 429 yards that mm-hmm. day. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, I'm within 30 or within 40, I should say. It was 299 yards rushing, Jeez. 73 yards on 
kickoff returns, and 57 yards receiving. A little cheated on kickoff returns, I feel like. Yeah. Is the 299 yards, that's got to be a UK record too, right? Yes, it is. Correct. Yep. So only one player in school history has had both a kickoff return touchdown and a punt return touchdown in their career against South Carolina. Who is that player? Ooh. I don't know. And I don't know if I can even off the top of my head think about either like a one of these things happening in either one of these games. Barian hasn't done it. No, but you could always kind of do some usual. I don't, but I feel like I'd remember a Lynn Bowden having a punt return or a kick return. So don't feel like it's him. Randall Cobb, it could be a good answer to these questions. You know, Dickie Lyons, could he have potentially had a kickoff? But I, do, I, do I remember one of those? I don't. Um, you always got good old-fashioned Pinner. He, he's a solid guest for these. I'll go Dickie Lyons, but I don't really know. This would be a better Roush question for sure. Maybe R2's Pinner. Who do we got? It was Craig East. Oh, that's another good. Um, yeah, it's an, yeah, yeah. He had a ni- yourself a little for that one as well. He had a 95-yard kickoff return touchdown in 1995 and an 85-yard punt return touchdown in 1997. Yeah, yeah. When it's kind of like kickoff return, punt return question, Scooch, there's a there's a pool of people that it could potentially be. Mm-hmm. East is in that pool. Uh, by the way, his son doing well in the NFL, which Russ, yeah. kind of was a scapegoat a little bit during some bad U of L years in the secondary. Not that everybody like blamed him for his issues, but they weren't overly thrilled with his performance. He goes to Kansas State, has a really good se- one season there, maybe two, but I think just one. Gets drafted, and he's been doing all right in the NFL, which has been cool to see. So, all right, Corey, what do we got next? Of the SEC schools, the UK has played at least 10 true row games against since World War II. They have never had a 300-yard passer on the road against two of those schools. What are those schools? Well, Scoots, you'd think maybe one is South Carolina, just given the theme of the trivia today. Uh, So I'll go one being South Carolina, and then a true road 300-yard passing performance. It's got to be a team that Kentucky has played regularly, so it's probably not like Missouri. They haven't played. It could be an SEC West team too, though. It it could be. It it absolutely, but probably not A and M. You probably cross them off. Mm Uh, I will say. Hmm. I feel like the answer to all these is Alabama. Yeah, but you know, Kentucky and Alabama have only played like 29 times. Have 10 of those been on the road since World War II? That's a fair question as well. Hmm. It's tough, Scoots. It's a tough one. I will go South Carolina, and I will go with Mississippi. It is South Carolina and Auburn. Mm. Wrong A. They they played both those schools 16 times in true road games since World War II and zero 300-yard passers in those games. Yeah, similar to your Alabama answer, I was kind of thinking West, probably a team that Kentucky hasn't played a Mm -hmm. ton on the road. And, uh, yeah, Auburn probably should have been kicked around a little bit as well. I meant to say Auburn. I just got them confused. We'll give it to them. We'll give it to Scoots. Good job. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's good. All right. Who is the only Kentucky player to have at least 100 receiving yards in a single game against South Carolina in Columbia? Ooh. Another good one. I'll take, I'll use one of my hints of like era. So you want a hint of the era? Like what era, you know, you don't have to necessarily say what, which coach the player played for necessarily. Uh, just a, a, a timeline hint. 
the extent of what you want to give is up to you. The air raid era. Okay. Well, jeez. <laughs> it's not that long ago. No, it's not that long ago at all. I, I, I would just be tempted to go Craig Yeast, but I don't think you do two yeast Or questions. would I? Okay, Craig Yeast. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. USO. USOB. <laughs> Get out, Corey Price. How do you spell his last name? Is it Yeast or East? Yeast. Y e- as in like. Oh, okay, like bread. E- yeah. yeah. Y-E-A-S-T-E. All right, hold on. Well, since you uh, tricked me there's out. No, oh. There's no E at the end of it. Y-E-A-S-T. <laughs> did I add an E to it? I didn't he he it. did add an E to it. <laughs> Craig Yeasty. Um, it's James Whalen. The tight end had 119 yards in 1999. That's a good other. I mean, yeah, it's a good guess. No. Good guess. You, you tricked me. I did not. Yeah? Uh, did. <laughs> the first player in school history to have both 100 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards in the same game did so against South Carolina. Who was that player, and what year did that game take place? Mm. Gosh, this would be another one that I probably need a, a timeline for because if it's anybody before it's the then. same timeline as the last question. Oh, that's what that's what and we. And no, it's not Craig Yeasty. <laughs> Glad he gave us the hint this time. No kidding, I was about ready to shout Craig Yeast. Oh, Yeasty, it's Yeasty. <laughs> would it be? I don't know. Uh, would it be? No, this would have Think been. Think of at, running back. Would have been after Mo Williams. Right. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't overly familiar with the running backs that year. Mm-hmm. What? Who is it? Anthony White in 1998. Okay. Had 117 receiving yards and 108 rushing yards. Okay. Yep. That's a game. That is. Game. That's yeah. really good. Who is the only Kentucky player to have a 100-yard rushing game in three consecutive seasons against South Carolina? Well, that's a fun one. That. Could be Benny Snell territory, Scoots. Mm-hmm. Could potentially be Chris Rodriguez Chris territory. Rodriguez. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I'll go Benny Snell. Your second name was right. It Chris was, Rodriguez. It was C-Rod. Yep. Ridiculous. Had 139 yards in 2020, 144 yards in 2021, 126 yards in 2022. What was Did Benny have any sort of stretch against them? I think he had it twice, I believe, but, but not, not three times. Not that's three really times. impressive. It is. If so, those two guys are top of the running back list for Kentucky, who's three? Uh, I think C. Rod is actually third. Uh, he didn't. He he didn't catch Collins because he didn't play f- the first four games of his last year. So it's Snell, Collins, and then C. Rod. I'm pretty who's sure. Collins, Sonny Collins. Oh, okay. Sonny Collins. Yeah, Never heard of him. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, so it makes you wonder how many consecutive games has UK had a hundred yard rusher against South Carolina. Well, Maybe you could go to that Sawyer Smith game and they wouldn't. Yeah, have they had anybody they didn't in, in 2019 because that's when, that's I mean Bowden wasn't running that much yet that, that year. So well, you'd think if they would have had Bowden a quarterback going into that game, they would probably win that one too. Right. I mean, that, that nobody could really stop Bowden that season. So yeah. uh, they took a little while, took losses to Mississippi State and South Carolina. Okay, what do we got? What is Kentucky's largest margin of victory against South Carolina in Columbia? Oh, that's a good question. You can do either the year happened or the the amount of points. Either one or both. Fine. It's fine. Is it a is it a Stoops win? No. Okay. Stoops has had. What? Well, what? Wonder what his biggest win in Columbia is. That'd be another good question. Like they've all been pretty. They small, have. Yeah. They, maybe like an eight point one. Yeah. Potentially. 
All right, so the biggest one in Columbia, not Stoops. Uh, I don't think Brooks ever won there off the top of my head. Joker ever win there? I doubt it. Not impossible, but I don't think he did. Okay, so I'm just going to have to guess at this point. I'll go, it was 97? Ooh. 99? 99. 99, and I'll say UK won by 21. Ooh, I was going to go 24. <sighs> they won by 20. 20? Mm. Okay. They won 30 to 10 in 1999. I bet that was a good time. Yeah. And then the, that starts South Carolina streak the next year where they, I think, had won 10 straight against UK. Uh, uh, yes. Which is bad. UK should not lose 10 straight to no. South Carolina. And then to bring it, to bookend it, I think that that Heartline game was the streak buster. Yeah. 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 To come back. Yep. There we go. So we've got those those two wins. How about that? Last one. This is a tough one. I don't think you'll, 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 you'll get this one, but <laughs> here we go. Who is the only Kentucky player to have a fourth quarter game winning touchdown against South Carolina in Columbia? Hmm. It's gotta be somebody. It's gotta be a dinosaur scoots. He, he knew. <laughs> he, he knew I had no chance. So we go back to the Craig Yeastwell. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Yeastwell. Oh, I don't know. You gotta also think South Carolina hasn't been in the SEC forever. That's maybe actually helped me out a little bit with this year's trivia, um, because or this week's trivia, just because Corey can't go like super duper old with some of his questions. I, I, I don't. I don't know. It was Michael Woodfork in 1993. He had a one-yard touchdown run with 4.55 left to win the game 21-17. Nice. Nice. Well, good. Good job, Michael. Those are all the Cox questions. There is your USC trivia for this Thursday, Cats versus the Gamecocks at 7.30 on Thursday, or on Saturday. Today is Thursday. We're going to take our first commercial break. Corey, you going to hang out for a little bit longer? You got to bounce. 7.45, yeah. Okay. All right. He's going to hang out a little bit longer, everybody. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Trivia Thursday brought to you by Corey Price. We'll be back. Want to hear some John? My heart ain't ready for the rolling stone. I don't feel like rocking since my baby's gone. So don't rock the jukebox. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Justin's a big country guy. He knows oh, some yeah. of these songs. I yeah. know all the songs. Yeah, Luke Combs. I, I like Luke Combs. How he- does she got the best of me? Go. Justin, she Same. got the best of me. <laughs> <laughs> Broke my heart. She got the best of me. She broke my heart. Now all that's left of me is being. It really does sound like Scoots if you close your eyes. Headphones are kind of like muffled or broken. I've heard that before. Uh huh. Yeah, the hair's grown back there, Scoots. It is. Yeah, Looks on the sides a lot. Yeah, I don't. I'm kind of at the point I don't really know what to do with it anymore because I need. I'll eventually get to the point where I'll need a haircut on the sides and the back, but the top won't be ready yet. So what do I do? Mm, why don't you let me see your side profile? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's going to need cut at some point, and the top's not going to be ready. So I don't, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Our favorite radio segment on Kentucky Roll Call, <laughs> the one you can't see in your car or on your podcast or wherever you're listening. Welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call. That's our producer, oh, Justin Kalen. Corey Price sitting in with us on this Thursday morning. I'm TJ Walker, Nick Roush, out today. 
a fun fun trivia. I think I got a little lucky with with it being a rival, an SEC team that UK's really only had history with over the last three decades, mostly in my lifetime. So that was nice. Good job, Corey. Enjoyable. Thank you. Then during the break, we were just talking random stuff, and uh, Corey alerted me that he was at the Billy Gillespie introductory press conference, the one that was at Memorial Coliseum, and it was was. like, I mean, there's thousands of people there for that. Corey said that he was wearing blue hair. Blue hair, yep. I was excited, and then uh, the season happened. and Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, Yeah, that was Corey's senior year. My senior year, coincidentally enough, Corey, was the Nerland's Noel season. Oh. So was coming off the national championship year, so it kind of felt like you know we were riding the gravy train as is, yeah. uh, but that one wasn't wasn't a great way necessarily to go out. Now I lived in Lexington after college for like a year ish, and I had plenty of friends that didn't graduate college in four years, and <laughs> I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek. There were also people that were just younger than me, so that 14 year kind of felt like I was in college still. Now, that was a fun run too. So. I was in college. I was very happy with the college basketball I saw when I was a UK student. The football progressively got worse and worse, which, like, I remember senior year for the football games. It was, just, I mean, nobody would go, Corey. Yeah. Nobody would go to those games. Was that the 40 to nothing Vandy game your, your senior year? That was 12, I think. So, yes. Yeah. Or, no, I mean, yeah, that yeah. was my senior year. Yeah, it was. 13, I was still living in Lexington, so I was I was there for that season as well. Covered every game of 13. Uh, oh, road, nice. home, you name it. Well, TJ was there for those. That was not a not a fun year. Not a fun year, but uh, you could kind of feel the momentum, things changing, first-year head coach. You could maybe make a case for that for Billy Gillespie's first year, but uh, it was pretty early on in year two. You were like, eh, just not so sure we've got the guy here. UofL fans, a lot of rumblings out there that – they're in contract negotiation scoots to buy out Kenny Payne that he's by the end of November, this could all be settled. And are, are you buying it? Do you think Kenny Payne in the next couple weeks within a month, is Kenny Payne that's still the head coach for the UK U of L game? Let's just do that one. Is Kenny Payne on the sideline for the UK U of L basketball game this year? I'm going to say no, simply for the reason that the Louisville fans have become so loud with all this stuff, and, and you know Kenny's hearing it. So I, I think a part of Kenny is probably going to want to appease the fans, give them what they want. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised at a contract buyout at all. But I, it, it would have to be both sides working together. It, it obviously can't be just one side, you know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if uh, there could be a part of Kenny paying that's just like, what would we be negotiating? Yeah. Pay, pay, me, my, pay, pay me my buyout, pay me my contract, and I'm out of here. Otherwise... But U of L would go into those negotiations. Kenny, we don't want this to get ugly. You're U of L. You played here. We love you. What's a number that would get you just you know out the door? Everybody moves in their different directions. And maybe Kenny will want to play nice. But if I were him, if you want to fire me three games into the season, pay me, pay me all my money. They've got Texas on Sunday, Corey. That could be a tough one. And I don't see. I don't see him winning that one. Uh, the UK games in like five weeks. I don't. Um, I don't see him leaving within the next five weeks. December twenty first. Uh, they have Texas, New Mexico State, who UK played in the first game and had no problems with. They have Bellarmine, 
who I think Bellerman's going to get him for the second straight Bellerman year. is going to get him. At Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech's been a little bit better than people thought so far to start this season. That'll certainly be a loss. At DePaul, DePaul is horrible. So that'll still probably be a loss for Uval. I would think that like somewhere in that stretch is when when the when they'll go in a different direction. So his buyout is eight million. I think Kenny should make it real easy. Just be like, hey, pay me a million for every win I racked up. I'll take my six mil and run. Oh man. <laughs> it would be ironic if he's let go after the DePaul game because uh Dwayne Peavy's the new uh AD there and mm-hmm. he was Cal's like top guy at UK so but he loved he loved Kenny Payne you know interesting enough this is true when Dwayne Peavy you say new it's now been three or four years oh, it seems okay. like maybe it's only been two years but it seems like it's been longer than than you would think and he wanted Kenny Payne to be his first basketball coach up there mm-hmm. um yeah he started in 2020 so it's now over three years which is crazy to think about uh, he wanted Payne to be his first coach at DePaul. And Kenny Payne, I think, like strongly considered that. And what was sold to Kenny Payne was come to DePaul, show that you can be a head coach, you know, turn some eyeballs, and then you then you at that point, U of L won't be able to say no to hiring you. Well, turns out U of L didn't need the prior experience of being a head coach. They were fine with him being the assistant with UK and the assistant with the New York Knicks. But U of L disaster could have been maybe avoided if Kenny Payne goes to DePaul, Corey, and he has a four-win season there and followed up with another terrible season. But Dwayne Peavy did try to hire Kenny Payne to come coach at DePaul. Hey, get your feet wet in college coaching, and then, boom, you'll be ready for a big job. I, I think they even threw, like, you know, if U of L won't hire you, Cal's not going to be at UK forever, and they may just want another great recruiter to come in and slide in and do all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I think DePaul basketball's been terrible, but they're probably happy that it worked out the way that that it has Billy tweets into the show. He says, I was interviewed by WKYT the day Billy Gillespie got fired outside the craft center where uh, you were probably back in Louisville by the time he got fired or were you living in Lexington? I was back in Louisville. Okay. Was, was it the, was that the day that Alan Cutler was chasing them or was that, was that a different day? That would, that would be the day. Okay. Yeah. That was the day he got fired. He's still going into the basketball facility though. Right. Wild wild day and you man, some of like the non sports UK wild days, the door, Calipari, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh good good stuff. Get your text into the Thornton's text line. I think Corey's gotta run out of here. Corey, right. thank you for another great edition of Trivia Thursday. It was a pleasure. Uh yeah, like I said, I hope Nick got guys free 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 coffee from from Thornton's at least. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, and download that app. You can get all sorts of goodies at Thornton's if you're a refreshing rewards member. And we'll talk to Corey, next Thursday, Scoots, last Thursday was the the Roush, TJ, pandemic, COVID talk after Corey had left. Ooh, Corey texted that. me. He was like, yeah, glad I maybe wasn't in the studio <laughs> for that one. So once Corey leaves, you and I, we're getting nope. down to the nitty gritty on will. COVID. What we got right and what we got wrong. We'll be off air quicker than come, you can snap your come, fingers. <laughs> I know that you've got a lot of hot takes that you say you don't really feel comfortable saying around Roush. <laughs> He's gone. The big bad guy's gone. You can come out and say him. Nobody's going to be stuffing you into a locker. Corey, thank you again so much for your time. Um, thanks, guys, as uh, always. Have a good day. Uh, we'll see We'll see Corey next Thursday. Scoot stood me up for lunch yesterday, everybody. I did. For yeah. no good reason besides he'd rather sleep than hang out with me, which I've been told I put people to sleep. Well, I mean, you all made me stay up for the whole Kentucky game on Tuesday night, so 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I needed a nap before I went to Midway yesterday. Mm. Just did. Sorry. Hope it was a good nap. It was not as good as I wanted. So, did you curse me? Did you have the voodoo doll out? I did. <laughs> I, I, I did. Uh, another texter in the morning grab-and-go segment on Kentucky Roll Call. Oh, by the way, speaking of Kenny Payne, I did have this quote to bring up before we got back to the text line. Uh, people are upset with him. I don't think he'll be the coach when UK plays U of L. First off, if you're U of L, not that this is really going to change for this season, but I do think you can stop the bleeding a little bit. Scoots, if U of L continues on this track of being a terrible basketball team, and if they replace Kenny Payne with a head coach, maybe it looks a little bit better if you get somebody in there that's a little bit better with X's and O's and stuff like that. Maybe it looks a little bit better. But I think U of L knows that UK U of L game is going to be a UK home game in U of L's gym. There's going to be a bird with teeth on the floor, but it's going to be all blue everywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think they may think if we get another coach in there, if we get somebody, like maybe we can make it not so bad. Well, they're not going to get another coach in there this year. If if they, well, no, I mean they they could they they could theoretically have they could get David Paget to come be the interim coach again. You know, David's just doing what like coaching basketball one day a week at one of the Oldham County schools or something like that. North Old. Like, they could bring him back in. He could come get a motivating speech of, listen, this talent isn't where it needs to be. After a couple practices, I'm concerned about the, their basketball IQ and what has been taught to them. I'm going to get them playing hard. I can guarantee you that. Like, they're going to, they're going, you're going to see a different type of, like, product just over the course of these few days. I do think that they could do a rah-rah, not that's going to get them in the tournament or get them a winning record or even get them over 10 wins, but I do think it could get more butts into the yum center, which last night was, like, we we keep saying, like, I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. That's rock bottom. Last night was the worst that I've ever seen, and I doubt we ever see as bad again. Uh, I know that, like, this U of L team probably knows no bottom, but... You got New Mexico State. That's, I think, a Sunday game. So you'll, you know, Sundays are easier for families, stuff like that. Then you get Bellerman, Scoots, Bellerman. They'll bring, you know, they'll bring their own fans. Mm -hmm. So you won't have to worry about crowds for that one. The Arkansas State game at 8 o'clock in, I don't know what day of the week that is. That will be pretty bad. Pepperdine maybe will be pretty bad. But last night, if there were more than, like, legitimately – 2,000 fans, people there just to like watch basketball, not employees, not workers, concession workers, custodians, anything like that, not players, not support staff, not journalists. You're talking just fans there to watch basketball. If there were more than 2,000, I'd be shocked. Jeez. So I think he'll be gone. He had a uh, really kind of like silly quote yesterday that didn't – that's the thing is Scoots, he just – sounds bad mm -hmm. too it's not like he's not not only is the product terrible and there's nothing really to be inspired about on the recruiting trail which by the way you're getting some stories that like nobody's doing any sort of recruiting well, that's evident like it's just not there's none at all but you had the rumors scoots about a week ago that there was an altercation at one of the practices did you hear that mm -mm. It, was, it was centered around Karan davis and just the flat-out rumor of it all was that him and Kenny Payne got into it. Maybe even, like, phys physical got into it. Whoa, take it easy, Bob Knight. L even came out and said, there was no incident at practice today. We had, you know, co a coaching clinic or something like that. There were people there. 
if something had happened today at practice, you'd hear about it, which there's a couple things. One, like if it really didn't happen, you have to come out and make a statement about it. Interesting enough. Two, they were emphasizing today a little don't protest too much. Okay, did this thing happen yesterday and it's now just getting out? And thirdly, UofL says there's nothing there. Well, Karan Davis isn't on the bench last night, Scoots. He's nowhere mm. to be found. Interesting. Very Rumors about a player getting into it with a coach. UofL says, no, no, no. No incidents happened today. And then the next time UofL's at home, Karan Davis not on the bench. Kenny Payne was asked about it after the game. Karan Davis, it was my decision not to have him come today, but he's not in any trouble. <laughs> well, that, why, that clears things up, Scoots. Why, why would he not be there? Exactly. We we need the intern that found the video of them practicing that one play in practice to find the video from the practice of Kenny and Karan. Yeah, bring, bring out the tape. That's right. Bring out the tapes. <laughs> so it's it's a mess. He did he did get asked like you know what are you going to do about there not being any butts in the seats. He didn't try to sugarcoat anything there. He was just like we've we've got to win. Is there anybody on staff for Louisville that you would feel? confident in giving the interim tag to and you think the team would play harder for no you don't think they would for Danny Manning? maybe the Oregon equipment manager just because like that could be his big break so he'll <laughs> put his heart and soul into it potentially Nolan Smith I, I don't think that guy knows basketball for beans first and foremost and secondly I would not want him being the the head man running the program uh, no and then Danny Manning, at least he's got experience, mm-hmm. and you could like make a case that he could at least, you know, like at Wake Forest, he wasn't a total failure, but he also wasn't a success. Obviously, he'd still be there if he were. But he just looks like he's sleeping the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like so, I, I wouldn't want him. I I would. I think I'd almost just go to David Paget and tell Paget like, you know, you keep what of the staff you want. If they want to be here, they can. I don't know. I'd almost just clean house entirely. Hasn't David Padgett, hasn't he never been a head coach as well? No. Well, he was for like... On that, the interim tag. Yeah. But that, that, that's the wild thing about the state of Louisville basketball right now is the fact that you fire Kenny Payne, a coach that's never had head coach experience, and you bring in David Padgett, another coach that doesn't have head coach experience, and Louisville fans would love it. They would eat it up. They would love to have David Padgett back. Well, they they wouldn't want him permanently moving forward. Which, by the way, clubhouse leader for U of L moving forward, Dusty May from FAU. Mm. That ain't it, U of L. No. For what it's worth, he could be a great coach. He could work out, but you all need a sure thing. You need like butts in the seats immediately. Which is there a sure thing that would want to take that mess? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You think? Yeah, I think so. A text around the Thorns text line, grab and go segment. The sports books hate scoots for this one simple trick. <laughs> what was the trick? You writing down the scores oh. to the games. <laughs> That's a good text. The, <laughs> I love where the textures go with this. It's a video of scoots. They don't know I know this right before you go up to make a bet, and all it is is just scoots getting a piece of paper and writing down UK 71. <laughs> Stonehill, 50. <laughs> I'll take the cats to cover. And he gives a wink to the camera behind him. Oh, that's a good text, Texter. I see you, Scoots. All right. Yeah. I see you, buddy. Uh, another Texter says, oh, Shannon O'Bannon said the show was down. Nah, the call-in line. Uh, the website's good, so. Okay. All right. Another Texter says on the Thornton's text line, TJ, I haven't been able to listen to the podcast since your announcement. 
you all have a name picked out for number two. Funny you should ask. Title nine. We we, we, we discussed do. it earlier. Um, Evelyn is going to be her name, and we're going to call her probably Evie. So that uh, little Evie Walker is going to be baby number two in April. We're excited about her. Uh, and then we got another texter says on the Thornton's text line. Kenny Payne, oh, well, that one's from last week. No doubt in my mind, David Padgett would be a better coach than Kenny Payne. Another thing that sucks for UofL sucking so bad in the small crowds, the poor business downtown that rely on pregame and postgame crowds. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it started in 2009 with the riots, and then the riots go into COVID, and then COVID goes into just a miserable UofL team. Uh, they, the business needs UofL to be a little bit better, too. We'll talk about, more about that. Hour two, Kentucky Roll Call, coming up next here on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, Nick Roush out today. Appreciate Corey Price hanging out with us in Hour number one, giving us trivia Thursday questions. Getting you ready for South Carolina and Kentucky on Saturday night. A game that we've probably talked the least about all football season going into the game. And mm-hmm. that even goes back to like the cupcake opponents early on. But that's just because we had that new football smell to the season. Scoots, we were pumped up. We could break down Akron for several days going into it. But we haven't talked a lot about South Carolina and UK mainly because the Thornton's text line has has been on other things, and rightfully so. The Cats in basketball took on the number one team on Tuesday. Football took on Alabama. We talked about that on Monday and had to react to that. So we'll get into more South Carolina talk probably as the show goes on, and then certainly tomorrow. It's a big one for UK, though. It, it, it does seem like the majority of UK fans just have their sights set on that Louisville game, but you can finish with some momentum. With a win against South Carolina, get pumped up for that U of L game, and then have a what eight and four regular season, which is I think the majority of the experts picked. So, kind of where where people thought you may be when it's all said and done. But we'll get to that as the show goes on. I want to remind you about our friends at Shady Rays, the best polarized sunglasses in all of the world. A company that started right here in Kentucky. They're going to get you forty percent off with promo code Big X. And remember, if you lose or you break your sunglasses, they will get you a new pair. Small processing fee, super easy to do. I've done it a thousand times. And you get your sunglasses, your whole order sent right back to you. Brand spanking new. Like nothing ever happened to what it. And Scoots, a lot of people just do it because they want two pairs of sunglasses. Yeah, I don't blame them. By the way, I went to the Shady Rays website yesterday for the first time in probably four or five months, to be honest with you. And my gosh, they have so many sunglasses. So many styles, so many colors, so many options. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they uh, it's an impressive. Uh, there's a reason they're the best polarized sunglass company in all of the world. Started right here in Kentucky. For, remember that promo code, Big X, at checkout for your holiday shopping. 
All right, let's get back to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Let's see where we're at. I put an X. X going to give it to you. That's right. Big X going to give it to you. Is Spears on today? He is. That's good. Yep. No uh, no Hoosier report. He's out of town, but yeah, Man, Spears. that's the X. That's how far up we are. Yeah, we got a lot to go. Oh, brother. <laughs> I mean, I guess with Roush being out, it's not the worst thing in the world, but that is a lot. So this we're at this one. Late game possessions were a ring around the Rosie? I believe so. I'm still trying to find it myself. Heavens. <laughs> Late game possessions were a ring around the Rosie, trying to get Reeves behind the arc or a stalemate, stand around some kind of 1v1 prayer. Can we please fix this? I didn't love that last possession that Reed took that shot on, but we broke that down yesterday on what happened. That wasn't the first choice. That was the second choice. Kansas played everything pretty well. We talked about trying to get inside and just getting a quick two. That was definitely a possibility. They were they knew that UK may try to do that, and they had Hunter Dickinson kind of camping in. I would have gone inside and tried to kick it out and, and gotten downhill that way, but it wasn't a great final possession. But one thing I will tell you, Texter, not necessarily like pushing back on you necessarily, but this this team's going to be a lot of one on one. Like this team is going to be a lot of guards breaking down defenses and creating for themselves, which to me is a breath of freaking fresh air because UK had not had players that had consistently been able to do that. Not at least at three levels, people that could take somebody off the dribble, go dunk on their face, pull up anywhere, or shoot the three and do a little jab step to create more space there. Uh, they've had some people that can splash a shot right in front of your face. They have a few people that can take you off the dribble and pull up where they want. Uh, but those people, you know, Ty Washington wasn't going to go cram on somebody at the rim. Cason um, Wallace, he could probably do a little bit of all those things, just didn't, for, for whatever reason, seem to do it consistently or reliably enough. This team has like four guys that could do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be one-on-one. I'd get used to it a little bit. A texter on the Thornton Stacks line, 502-414-1450. You text it in. We read it on air. Tonight showed one thing. Our fan base is desperate for a big win. We're begging for it either from the football or the basketball team. The half the fan base is ticked about this one, and the other half is trying to mask their frustrations with blind optimism. Between Stoops and Cal, one of you please win a big bleeping game, and that's from Mook. Hey, both of them will have plenty of chances, though. Well, I shouldn't say plenty of chances. Stoops, you win that Louisville one. People are going to not be happy with this season, but also don't think they're going to, the rumblings aren't going to be too loud. Maybe rightfully so, maybe not. Beating a rival goes a long way. Are you still confident about that game? I think UK will win. Yeah. I do. I think UofL loses this weekend to Miami, too. Wow. Uh, Actually, I'd go, you know, if you like. If you like bets, I'd go ahead and get in on Miami. I don't know where that line's going to go or where it's not going to go. What's that, one now? Yeah, and I think they're going to get some terrible weather down there. So it could just be like an ugly game. I, I, you may say, well, an ugly game, that'd give U of L the advantage on the ground. Very well could. It could. Defensively, too. I, I just I think U of L's going to lose on the road. I don't think they're necessarily looking ahead to Kentucky. I think Brom's going to do a good job getting them focused. I just don't think U of L is that good of a football team. I think they've very much benefited from a weak schedule. I don't think Miami's a world beater, and I don't think Kentucky's a world beater, but I do think they're better teams than, than L. So I think L loses their final two to close out the year. Tough loss, foul trouble, and some oddly timed substitutions by Cal Hurt. 
especially when Rob and Reed were going off in the first half. Then late, I think those guys were out of rhythm, not having played in a while, made some bad decisions. Got to learn how to close, but I love this team. Also, that flop by Dickinson was comical. What a clown. Uh, Yeah, you know, learning how to win late, you only get so many opportunities to do it, and it will take a little bit of time. UK was a bit discombobulated, to say the least. They've got to work on that stuff. Great word. A texter says, same old, same old, lose to anyone with a pulse, winning and choke, the cow special. Yeah, let's take it, you know. <laughs> I wasn't happy with the loss, and make no mistake about it, but I think we're all excited for this year. We shouldn't let one loss really change. It, well, maybe one loss will change our expectations, change them for the better. People probably think, where you know, if that's the number one team in the country, then truly, what is UK? If that really is the number one team in the country, then where's Kentucky? I'll be very anxious to see where people rank UK. Now's the uh, poop on cow portion of the text line. I'd have UK fifth if I were ranking them. That's where I'd put them. One and six in our last seven champion classic games. Way to go, cow. That is a terrible record, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be the case. Like, it just shouldn't be. And before that, we'd go in the champions classic thinking it was just like the UK Invitational. Okay, this year you're going to beat Michigan State. This year you get to beat Duke. Oh, that's fun. Ooh, this year you're going to beat Kansas again. That's enjoyable. That's a terrible record. I has, like I like Cal, but that's inexcusable. Has there ever been talk in the Champions Classic of the two winners playing? No. Do you wish that was the case? Yes, of course I do. But like that, it, it was not ever formulated with that in mind. Hmm. Cal, I, I dislike this about him, but he hates early season tournaments and that would be an early season tournament sure a texter on the Thornton's text line says love losing our chances of getting a one seed before january even starts so fun that's okay. such a ridiculous it text. is that's a ridiculous it's a that's a ridiculous text when that, that one came in it. yesterday that is that is the lowest you can go in terms of your mindset as a kentucky fan it was a, oh you lost one game to the number one team in the country and yes. you think you're going to lose a number one seed off that Win out, you're going to be a number one seed. You don't even have to win out. You can lose five or six along the way, probably. UK can have five losses this year and still should definitely be in the conversation for a one seed. I was going through the schedule again. SEC road schedule. Not really doing the Cats too many favors, but uh, a lot of tough ones there. But we'll see how good this team is. We'll we'll find out long before then, probably. The end of both halves were absolutely awful. Bad coaching coming out of the timeouts. Uh, They were. It was bad. It was bad. Um, And a lot of that can fall back on coaching. UK did have some missed shots. It wasn't Cal's fault, like, on the turnovers, this team. But, like, you know, make sure everybody's focused, locked in. This is a team that I think Cal's going to want them to be able to, like, handle their own business out there on their court. And a, a team that's kind of led by guards should be able to do that anyways. But, yeah, th- those that was bad. That was bad. Uh, and then, gosh, they missed – Brandon Ramsey tweeted it out because he's the man and tweets that stuff out. But – they missed a terrible no-foul call right before the end of the first half, and then that kind of led – it should have been Kentucky going up 13 or 14 at the half, and then it ended up leading to what ended up happening, and instead you blinked and Kentucky was only up seven. And that could definitely have mattered. Wasn't nothing. Just sent my text uh, – just sent a text to my friend. I was watching the Cats warm up and said, I'm really worried about Justin. I watched him miss 10 straight threes from the same spot – it's weird to see from anyone on a D1 scholarship. It couldn't have been more accurate. Also, I've been to the five Champions Classic games, and we've lost all five. Aren't we due if I go next year? Man, <laughs> you're the issue, buddy. 
Scooch, we figured it out. It's that person. No kidding. Stop going. I, I've been to several Champions Classics. I love going to them. What's your record? I was that the first one. It was a win. The next year was a loss. I was covering that one, though. I wasn't there as a fan. That was to Michigan State. No, um, no, 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 no. No, the next year I was not there. Um, that was against Duke. The following year after that, I was there. 14-15, I was there. That was a win, so I'm 2-1 and one at that point. That may have been the last one I went to. Hmm. And I've gone to Champions Classics, too. They've kind of run together. I'm going to try to go next year in Atlanta, though. Cats take on Cooper Flag. That'll be a fun one. Atlanta, plenty of Duke and Kentucky fans going to be meeting up for that. That'll be a big game. And UK looks like they should have a really, really good team. Calipari fully back on the recruiting trail. TJ, it's funny to see pooping on the loss last night saying it matters when the whole summer you argued the opposite. Man, it's just such a bad take. Also, DJ stinks. He's indecisive when he has the ball. Rushes bad shots. He's been outshined since the Canada trip. I know promises were made to him and Dewan, but it's so clearly obvious he's the fourth best guard on the team. Uh, man, talking so matter-of-factly, you should get into the media, Texter. There's so It's his third game. Is it so clearly obvious that he's the best, the fourth best guard on this team moving forward as the season goes on? Right now, I don't disagree that he has looked like the fourth best guard on the team. Mm -hmm. It's the third freaking game. And there were times in Canada he looked like the best guard at times. I wouldn't say necessarily for the duration of the entire trip. I mean, things change. And I, I said it yesterday. I do think DJ will be, he will have the biggest transformation in terms of his game this season. And when was I pooping the whole summer saying the, the a loss to Kansas wouldn't wouldn't matter? In the grand scheme of things, UK can still have every seed on the table. They can still win the national championship. They can win the SEC. I feel better about all those things happening after last night. My entire the entirety of my point is a game that you should have won, you let slip out of your fingers. A chan a, a game that would bump you up a seed line. In which case, it does not hurt you at all on the seed line. It does not move you down a seed line. It does nothing. It, 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 you know, Just the look of it probably maybe actually helps even in a loss a little bit. Probably not. But a win would have given you a seed bump, and you, you let it slip through your fingers. That's disappointing. How is that hard? Like For day number two, how is that hard to understand? Morning, folks. No moral victories here. A loss is a loss. I feel great about these caps, though. The Cats were outmanned inside and made silly mistakes down the stretch. Not sure what Rob was thinking, leaving Harris open for multiple threes down the stretch, but he will learn. Yeah, I do wonder if that was coaching or Rob just didn't listen to coaching because he definitely was trying to – he was not going to go over top of screens. And actually, Kentucky, and I don't know if it was Rob, there was a couple times they went over top of screens and they got burnt on the, on the roll towards the rim because you didn't have enough tall people. So sometimes they were going under not so much – just to dare Harris to shoot, it was to jam Dickinson on his roll because as a seven, when you have a five-inch advantage over the next tallest player, it doesn't take a lot of separation on a rim roll to be able to get up there and tap that bad boy in. So I do think that was part of it as well as they were just trying to jam Dickinson on the roll. But after like, what, the third three, you probably needed to, to realize you got to take, you, you can't make anything just super easy. Let's see. The texture goes on to say... Cal is still figuring out the team, and he'll get the right lineups cooking the rest of the year. I like that. I agree with you there. Wish he could have found the right recipe down the stretch on Tuesday, but it's hard to beat an ogre that just shoves everyone out of the way and never gets called for it. 
on the bright side, at least we got to I got a play-by-play of the Big Lebowski. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I will say, Hunter Dickinson, more than any other big I can ever remember in my life, just doesn't seem to get in a great deal of foul trouble for how aggressive he plays, how big he is. Wonder why that is. You know, I thought he was in foul trouble the other <laughs> night because he spent a good chunk of time of that first half on the bench. And I was like, oh, well, he must be in foul trouble. And then he committed one, I want to say it was late in the half or maybe early in the second half. And they were like, that's the first foul for Dickinson. I was like, what? Why did he spend so much time on the bench then? Bum. Yeah, they, they, it was interesting how they kind of played him. I, th- I thought that Bill Self did a solid job. Uh, and he wasn't on the bench that long, Scoots. He played 37 minutes. so Seemed like he was on there for forever. He, he, was, he, was, in the, he was in the game for the majority of the game. But, yeah, he, he only finished with three fouls. He was not in foul trouble in the slightest. Uh, you make what you will of that. UK has a team full of attacking guards. You know they they were trying to go after him a little bit. Adut the arrow definitely made it a point of emphasis. Uh, all for not though. Interesting, interesting. Uh, John here. Good morning, everyone. Ga- guys, what a game! Shepard is a primetime player. It is what it is. We came up short and we were shorthanded, but it still had a chance to win. If we would have had an extra twenty-one feet, I bet it would have been different. We'll got to go talk to you later. That's a whole other aspect of it. Is that yes, we know UK was shorthanded. To me, it just doesn't. Feet. Doesn't yeah, there you go? It's actually twenty one feet plus. That's a phenomenal way to put it. It's twenty one feet plus, Scoots. <laughs> texter on the Thornton's text line says Rob had some bad plays last night. Late in the game, he decided to go under screen on back to back possessions. Got burnt for a three each time. Yeah, so those are the plays that I was just kind of referencing. Which I, I, it was a mistake by Rob. Was it a mistake that the coaches told him to make? What did the coaches tell him to do otherwise? And he just goofed. But again, it was it wasn't just necessarily as like a well shucks we don't Harris can shoot all the threes he wants. It was a, it was try it looked like it was a play to try to slow Dickinson down. And by the way, I forget who tweeted it out, and I'm sorry they did a good job on it. They did a video of just Hunter Dickinson scoots setting screens in the half court in the half court mm-hmm. and i'm putting air quotes around screens because he never comes set no he just moved like he's constant it, it's a moving screen every time and he mm-hmm. will he will never in a million years get called for it but it's just illegal really it, it, it's impacting the freedom of a defender to guard when he does the uh doesn't he do like the slight hip movement too oh my gosh yeah, yeah. i mean he is a he's a polished big in the game of like wink wink bending the rules basketball like what can I get away with I know what I can get away with mm-hmm. a texter on the Thornton's text line says call me crazy but after last night Hunter Dickinson's a pile of warm trash if there was a single big man on Kentucky he would have struggled last night disagree with that well he had a good game against Oscar in London last year and Kentucky won that game um, but it wasn't who, who didn't think that Hunter Dickinson was going to have a big game well, UK's tallest player is six foot nine, and he's the best center in college basketball, not named Zach Eady. Like we knew that that was going to be a challenge. Kentucky did fine. You, you know, you weren't going to shut him down, and you realized that he was going to get the bulk of Kansas's forty-five rebounds. We but, knew that was going to happen. I thought Kentucky did everything they had to do to win the game. Just didn't hit shots when it mattered the most. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of a testament to who who he is as a player. And I, I just don't think he would have struggled at all. I mean, he wouldn't have had 27 and 21. Maybe he would have been closer to 20 and 15. But he's still going to get his numbers. I mean, he's, he's, like you said, DJ, one of the best big men in college basketball. 
Yeah. And seven foot two gives you some advantages. Yeah. Shockingly with rebounding and point scoring. Unless you're walking through a cave. No advantage in that. But I do think that like Kansas is not winning the national championship. I don't mean that as like they're a good team, obviously. They're probably gonna be a one seed, I would imagine. But like I, I was getting flashbacks at times of like looking at Hunter Dickinson put up big points, but seeing UK expand their lead and I was just having like you know, Oscar Shebae would put up insane numbers too, you know, mm-hmm. and Kentucky wouldn't always win. Now, Kansas came back and beat Kentucky, and plenty of times we saw Kentucky find ways to win when Oscar would put up huge numbers, but I don't know. I just don't want the I don't want the big, blocked, concrete shoe center when it's March Madness time. I just don't. I don't know. I think we've seen enough sample size with traditional bigs being upset in March, and we know up close and personal, but Purdue knows it as well. Michigan didn't make I think they went one tournament run with Hunter Dickinson. So, Scoots, I, I like Kentucky's postseason chances better than Kansas. Hmm. I don't I don't know if I agree with that entirely, but... Well, I, I, I mean, you saw a team that was full of freshmen versus a team full of experienced players, and what team looked better? Yeah, I mean... Uh, Kentucky, where do you think they're going to go in five months? Kentucky undoubtedly looked better, but, I mean, Kansas has so many pieces back from last year's team that but was solid. Who te- which team would you say has a higher ceiling between those two? More room to grow. I mean, it's going to be Kentucky, but the high that's more room to grow, Kentucky. Higher ceiling, I think it's Kansas. So the team that ha- may have four first-round draft picks, not a higher ceiling than Kansas. This year, I don't think so, no. I, I'm trying to have you explain it out better. You, so you just think at their peak, Obviously, if they reach their potential, you think Kansas's players are better than Kentucky's players? I do, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I do. I just strongly disagree with that take. Uh, but like I mean, Kentucky's players were much better despite only playing their third college game on Tuesday. I say now it, it's it is confusing because I do think Kentucky looked better on Tuesday, but and they and I say they have more room to grow because they're all freshmen. They're going to learn the speed of the game. They're going to they're going to get more comfortable in this whole thing. Whereas Kansas has guys that has already have already done that. So that's why I just think Kansas has the higher ceiling. But I mean, they're I mean, if we're measuring ceilings, one might be. 10 foot, two inches, the other one might be 10 foot even. You know, it, it's it's close. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Kansas, really, really good team. But, you know, their, their players are kind of what they are. They are – there's a reason why they're in college still. They're, they they will get better, too. You're right about that. I'm, I just – Basically, I'm not going to – I'm not going to judge Kansas off that one game. It's And it's the same for Kentucky. I'm not going to judge Kentucky based off that one game. Let's say that they played again in a year. All the same players that played on Tuesday night. They played in a year. One year. Do you still think Kansas is better? I think it would be a hell of a game. I think it would be one right. hell of a game. All right. That's fine. We'll we'll, we'll stop the exercise there. <laughs> Texter says, I think you mean, ah, jump. A lot of them. Don't you mean, ah, a lot of them? Ah. Four players in double figures. The arrow with a double-double. Rob Dilling him. Wagner and Edwards were liabilities. Reeves doesn't need to take 25 shots. 13 three-point attempts. Again, so many of those came late. Very happy outside the loss. Uh, I'm right I'm right there with you pretty much with all those things. That's the thing, though. With So we've made so much about Wagner and, and Edwards in their struggles on Tuesday, but isn't that going to be a common theme for every game? Not necessarily those two guys, but won't there be – one or two of those guys out there struggle. It could be Dillingham, oh, yeah. could be Reed. I mean, that's they're, basketball, they're, baby. Exactly. They're all going to have bad games here and there. And that's the thing that is the the luxury and and the curse, mm-hmm. if you will, with Calipari is that 
the good news is if if and Cal, you know, a lot is made about this every March and whatnot. Cal best teams only play seven guys. He he's gonna get his rotation down to six people. There there is some truth if like you know who your guys are, then hey guys, you are the guys. There's no room for error. You can't slip up, you can't make a mistake. The flip side of having a bench is you may not know exactly what you're gonna be getting from guys, but okay. So-and-so doesn't have it tonight. We need to pull him, bring somebody else in. And when you do it that way, can you find five guys who are all having good nights at the same time and eliminate the one or two guys that maybe are just off tonight? Because that's basketball, that's sports. Not everybody's going to have it every single night. Cal's challenge is going to be pushing the right buttons late, and I think he totally failed with that in the Kansas game, unfortunately. Oh, and once the bigs come back, there is no way that this can be a Kentucky team with a rotation of seven or eight, right? No, I, no I, I'm with you. This is going to be a big – this is going to have a big bench. Water will find its level at a certain degree. We'll, you know, if DJ Wagner keeps shooting one of 90, then, yeah, you're going you're gonna to make some changes there. You're going to do some things differently. But water will find its level, but I agree. I, I don't think this is ever going to be a short bench. Like, I think you're going to – maybe with the bigs – I think you could see a scenario where your big front court is just going to be Trey Mitchell, Adutiero, and Aaron Bradshaw, and Ugana and Big Z. Like you guys are just there for foul trouble potentially. But the back court, I think all year we're going to be rotating those guys: mm-hmm. Edwards, Reeves, Dillingham, Shepard. You know, you name them. They're gonna they're gonna get their chances, and we'll just have to see who's playing best that specific day. UK is 100, 100% better at playing free, but learning how to play that way is crucial moment will be key. When Kansas goes on a 10-0 run or it's the final two-minute possession, you don't want Dilly heat check from 30 feet. When the game is inevitably slows down at the end, that's where DJ and Justin need to step up. That's just what they are here to do. Okay, I like that take, or at least I like just a perspective that like there's a time and place for Dillingham, but Shepard and Edwards should be the closers defensively, offensively. Cal thought similar. Cal thought similar, but it didn't work out on Tuesday at least. So you got to find – I don't know how in the late-game situation you wouldn't have Reed Shepard in every second of that late-game situation. I think he – if you're talking about important decision-making and being having the ability to hit big shots and big moments, Reed Shepard's got to be on the court. And I, I can't believe that like we're three games into his U.K. career and I'm sounding – like that fan, you know? Spears was saying yesterday he's already tired of the Kentucky fans. Reed needs to play more. But and I'm not saying necessarily like he needs to – the quota needs to be this amount of minutes. I don't care. Again, if he's playing well, let him get more minutes. If he's playing poorly, you got too many options. I just think if you're talking about who to trust in late-game situations and who not to trust in late-game situations, I don't know who not to trust. We'll figure it out. Not a great showing for DJ in game one. Antonio Reeves pooped the bed again. That was disappointing. But if you're looking for somebody, I think, to trust, and of course, this is coming after Reed shot, a, you know, he made the decision to shoot a terrible shot that was nowhere close to going in. That was a poor decision for what it's worth. I'm not saying he will be perfect. I just, I do trust him. Uh, I think he's almost even earned it to a certain degree. Not a good final shot. And speaking of lineups, and speaking of who should be in and who shouldn't be in, I got crushed on the text line yesterday. And I don't know if, um, if we're to those texts there, but... We need to take a break. We'll get to them. I'll explain myself. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call coming up on your Thursday, and then we'll make some maybe gambling picks for tonight. Scoots, Indiana Hoosiers play as well. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. 
Kentucky Roll Call. Your man in the middle, seven foot two, from a weird country called Lithuania, Bacchidis! This fella scares me. But that little kid from the Jackson 5, he scares you too. Oh, mark my words, Lou. There's something creepy about that young man. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Roll. Radio. Call. If you're looking for lunch options today, how about Salsaritas? Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews, Middletown, with a drive through St. Matthews covered patio to enjoy this unseasonably warm, beautiful weather. Oh, it's been so great. Warm, beautiful chips and queso, wildly addictive. Download that Salsaritas app and you will earn double points after 6 p.m. all the way to the end of 2023. And keep them in mind for catering. Maybe you've got, I've got my first Friendsgiving tonight, Scoots. Sweet. Hope everybody's ready for some wildly addictive chips and the three amigos. The three amigos is when they give you guacamole, mm-hmm. queso, and hot salsa mm-hmm. with their wildly addictive chips. Season to perfection. We love it. Uh, you will as well. Download that app. Get double points after 6 o'clock. I've actually got actual Thanksgiving on Sunday or Saturday. Well, no, actual Thanksgiving's a week well, from today. Yeah, but when you've got a split family, you kind of got to plan around all that. So I'm going to Thanksgiving at my mom's on Saturday. Pretty pumped. Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Okay. You going to be able to watch the Cats game? Uh, what time they play? 7.30. Oh, yeah, for sure. Good, good. Yeah, we're doing all ours on Thursday. It'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a long one. It'll be a busy day. But it's fun. Yeah. Always great getting to see family. Are you cooking? I'm always cooking, baby. <laughs> Just kidding. Not gambling-wise, at least. Uh, n- No. No, of course not. I never cook. I- I'm not a good cook. So, no. I will not be cooking. The wife probably will be. What will she make? Don't know. I think tonight she's making some sort of, like, corn pudding casserole or something gross. Ooh. Yeah, you can say that again. <laughs> I've got to go pick up the stuff at the grocery store afterwards. She trusted me enough to do that, Scoots. So don't get don't get the wrong brand. We're really moving in the right direction as a couple. Now that she's <laughs> letting me go pick things out at the grocery store. I got to get canned cream style golden corn and giant and green giant cream style sweet corn. Oh, she says I can get either one of those. Just don't. Oh, don't she, go with the sweet corn. She even well, they're both. Oh, maybe. Okay. I think she's just sending me pictures so I don't mess it up. <laughs> she's being very smart about this. So I don't know what she's making. But my the one I'm going to tonight is the the one I love seeing my family. You could you can't put a price tag on that. But if we're talking strictly meals, tonight will be the best Thanksgiving meal that I have. Wow. It's well, like a potluck. Everybody brings their own things. And we have some friends that just make some like unbelievable dishes and sides and I'm not really even like a big stuffing guy, but we've got a buddy that makes really good stuffing that will be there tonight. But the star of the show is 
the fried turkey. Oh, okay. Deep fried turkey, right? It is so okay. good. Just like right out there in the yard, you know, everybody's hanging around watching. They put it in, makes all the fun noises. That is the best probably non-steak piece of meat that I eat all year. It's the best piece of white meat I'll eat all years tonight. Better than a pork chop? I know you're big on pork chops. I love a good pork chop. This is better than my favorite pork chop. That's crazy to say, but that's that's how good the turkey is tonight. So, yes, I get excited about this one. And we get a good game, Bengals-Ravens. Yeah. I've got another group of friends. They go to their L Ravens fans. They're embarrassed. They're an embarrassing bunch, but they pick a game every year to go to in Baltimore. This is the one they went to. Nice. It's like, y'all could have just driven an hour and a half to see Cincy play the Ravens in Cincinnati, but instead you're flying. But they make it a guy's trip. They're out there for it. That'll be a great Thursday night game. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Let's me, try to – oh, go ahead. Me and my uh, my dad and I go to – we've been to several Steelers games up in Pittsburgh. We were actually talking about going to the Packers game. I don't know what happened with that. My One of my best friends lives in Pittsburgh, and we talked about going to that Packers game. Once Green Bay stunk, though, I was like, yeah, probably save that trip for another year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, Tony Burke gave me a terrible towel yesterday. Oh, Big time. That's nice. He's now given me a Steelers hat and a terrible towel in like a month span. That's not your first terrible Lo- towel, is it? Loading me up. No, I've got six or seven at this point. I got all different ones. I got a camo one. It's pretty sweet. That's that's. Do you like hang them up or do you just keep them under your bed? You know, that's I was not- actually thinking, so when he gave me this one yesterday, I, I started thinking, where are all my terrible towels? And I have, we have this we, we have a three-bedroom house, so our third bedroom is kind of just storage at this point, and I got a bunch of boxes from my dad's. There's probably seven or eight boxes in there. Got them over a year ago. Still haven't went through them, so I'm going to guess that all my terrible towels are in one of those boxes. Okay. I just need to need to break through those boxes. Be a hefty Goodwill trip. A texter on the Thornton's text line says 502-414-1450. This is from Robert. Listen, I'm sure Burks is a great kid, donates his time and money to charity, loves his family. However, I never want to see him shoot a three-pointer ever again. Not in a big game, at least, Robert. Those were those were bad. Those were not close. I do think he can knock down outside, like open shots, outside shots, but those... I mean, Justin Edwards was missing them pretty badly, too, though. When the bigs come back, is Burks the best candidate to lose minutes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kiss those minutes goodbye. Mm-hmm. This is why this I said yesterday, or maybe it was Tuesday, whatever day it was, like this big opportunity for him to try to have us remember him. Yeah. And he played he played well. Those shots, unfortunately, were terrible. Besides that, though, he did like pretty much everything UK needed him to do uh, in, a, in a tough spot to ask him, like, hey, you're our big guy. Uh, Mr. Freshman, who's really like a stretch four that probably wants to play the three and the way that the kids today view their basketball, uh, go guard Hunter Dickinson for a little bit. And I don't know if he was like specifically ever charged with, hey, that's your man, but he definitely got switched on him. Definitely had to go bang with him a couple times. Dilly off the bench is the change of pace that Cal said Wheeler was last year. Uh, I'm all right with Dilly coming off the bench. Him and Wheeler are not to be uttered in the same breath moving forward. Hey, TJ, wasn't it great seeing our beloved Providence Friars take the Badgers of Wisconsin to the woodshed? Should be an exciting season watching them up here and the cats from afar. Have a great Wednesday, PC Fry Guy. Yeah, I'm running it back with Providence as my Big East team. Did you watch that game the other night? I bet Providence. I only watched like a tiny bit of it. They they were in control. I yeah. You're going to make Wisconsin a favorite on the road at Providence? Please. It's Wisconsin. So that was an easy bet. But uh 
I don't know. I think Providence probably finished fourth in the Big East this year, probably be like an eight seed in the tournament, a team you're not going to want to face with the way Bryce Hopkins can go off. He looked really good the other night. Uh, he was really good last year. It was a little surprised he came back, but uh, that's a big deal for Providence. This team has enough athleticism to run the Anthony Davis alley-oop play. When they have a big. Terry, I might be taking crazy pills, but pretty sure Shepard and Dilly were in the final two or three minutes. Another texter, boy, some of these takes. Who cares he sat Reed? We went on a huge run without him. Dilly went nuts, and we didn't go and we didn't go turnover Tim. We were up 12 <laughs> at half. I don't think they were up 12 at half, no? They Is were up seven, seven yeah. right? Due to the three-pointer, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to read these because they're all kind of crushing me. Rob and Reed were in at the end of the game. Rob was incredible in the first half, but he gave up two threes to Harris, then turned down an open layup for a contested three. I don't have much of an issue with the minute distribution. You could go Rob or Reed for the final 15 minutes. TJ, you keep saying they weren't in the game down the stretch, but they were. Let's see if there's any more that say that. There may be more that say that. All right, so here's what I meant, and I don't doubt for a second that I misspoke. When you have that many people coming in texting, I, I, I didn't do a good enough job expressing. I was saying I wanted them in together. Scoots. I wanted them in with Antonio Reeves. When UK needs points, that needs to be the lineup. So here's how the lineups went. Bear with me. Uh, you know, if you like fart jokes, this isn't going to be, we're actually doing a little basketball analysis. With 4.03 to play, UK was up four. Cal brought in Dillingham and took Reed out. And that made the lineup Dillingham, Edwards, Antonio Reeves, Aduthiero, and Trey Mitchell. Okay? I'm not totally against that lineup, but I want Shepard in. I just want Shepard in in that spot. Four minutes to play. UK is up four. I want Reed Shepard in. Cal took him out. There's not another substitution again until 235. So you're playing about two minutes. Not even two minutes. Minute and a half, yeah. And now UK is only up a point, but they are up. Cal brings DJ in for Justin Edwards. So now your lineup is DJ Wagner, Dillingham, Antonio Reeves, Aduthiero, and Trey Mitchell. I'm not against that, this lineup necessarily. Like, I, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, if there's somebody that should be out, maybe it should be Justin Edwards. But I want Reed Shepard in the game, Scoots. Like, mm-hmm. DJ coming in, again, I'm not totally against that lineup, but I am because Reed's not included in it. All right, so Reed comes in the game 31 seconds later. 2.04 to play. UK now down one. A five-point swing since Reed Shepard had been taken out of the game with 4.03 to play. So now it's been basically a full two minutes. Reed comes back in, and now UK's down one. He replaces, Scoots, who does he replace? Dillingham. He replaces Dillingham. So you have DJ, Shepard, Reeves, Thierro, and Mitchell – I'm not totally against this lineup. Finally, Reed Shepard's back in. But with what we had seen up to this point, I'm just playing Dillingham over Wagner. I just am. So we're so close to the lineup I like to see, but we're not actually there. So I don't think I did a good job explaining that yesterday because I was saying, I want them in the game. I want them in the game. I want them in the game together. And then you don't get another substitution again for another minute, 30 seconds, scoots, 32 seconds to play. UK is now down three. Here comes this, Dilly. This is the substitution for <laughs> the final for the final possession that we talked about. And I, 
I almost had to like, I, I thought that maybe the scores table was wrong, but they said that Rob Dillingham came in for Antonio Reeves with 32 seconds left. Okay, no, this wasn't the final play. This actually was true. Sorry, I wrote it down wrong. Dillingham comes in for Reeves. UK down three, 32 seconds left. So now you got DJ, Reeves, Dillingham, the arrow, Mitchell. Again, Scoots, I like that lineup, but get Reeves out or get Reeves in and DJ out. Mm-hmm. Don't take don't take Reeves out. Get DJ out. 19 seconds left. They bring in Reeves for DJ. They do exactly what I'm saying. So for that final 19 seconds, it was the play, it was the lineup that I was craving for for the final five minutes, for the final four minutes. And you had Dillingham, you had Shepard, you have Reeves, you have Thierro, you have Mitchell. I would have wanted more than that, more than just the final 19 seconds. But the final 19 seconds, it was those five guys. It was the lineup I was looking for. And they didn't get a good, they had a play, they had some set that they were trying to run, it didn't work, and the rest obviously was history. So, I want to see the, I, I mean, you know what, Scoots? Maybe when you, UK's next big game is that Miami game, which is the 28th. So, you, the week after Thanksgiving. So, you got, I think, three cupcakes before then. I don't anticipate any of those games coming down to the wire necessarily. But the next time UK has a game coming down to the wire, if Wagner had played really, really well and Edwards had played really, really well, I'd probably want them in the game. I still want Reed in the game. He can knock down free throws. I don't think he's going to make terrible, terrible decisions, frequently at least. But this is going to be something we're going to talk about all year, folks. Oh, yeah. Text around the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, says officiating wasn't egregiously bad, but there were plenty of small moments that went Kansas's way and gave them a point or two here or there. Continuation on one side, but not the other. A clear goaltend not called. Dickinson over the back about seven times. Yeah, I agree. I Preaching to the choir, Texter. I, I agree with you on that. Um, it wasn't like the officials took over the game and sank UK. UK still had chances despite a call here or a call there, but I think he summed it up pretty well, better than I better than I did. We shot 33% and scored 84 points because of our pace and shot selection. Pace for this team is going to be massive. They that's, are, that's one thing I do like about Wagner. I have not been impressed at all in the slightest in their half-court offense. So I I just feel like this is a Kentucky team that has to run. Well, they don't have a big guy, which can make the half-court a little bit more challenging when That's you're basically true. doing four out. But ever, all the guys can take their guys off dribble. I, I've been okay with half-court as well. I, besides just a couple guys having off-shooting nights, that was near picture-perfect in terms of how I enjoy watching a basketball game in terms of style. I just probably would like to see a few more shots go in. And if a few more shots go in, you're talking about a game, you know, well into the 90s or into the 100s. Mm-hmm. I probably would have played Reed more in the first half as well, but with that said, we had ball with 20 seconds and the shot clock off up 10. I'm not taking I'm not taking liberties. Fisher literally called it a damning piece of evidence in terms of attention to detail. I think you did take I think you I think you did take a liberty with what word you said. And I don't remember what word you use. Um, yeah, and, I, and again, I think that Chris Fisher overreacted to a cookie cake. But his point was what we said, that if you're getting small things wrong, are you getting big things wrong? Which, like, you know, when you see Kentucky recruits take pictures in front of a boring white wall, and then at Missouri they, like, bring out a literal tiger to ride on, and I'm, that's hyperbolic, but... Like, there are some things that's just like, if you have somebody, you just need somebody that's paying attention to some of those things a little bit better. 
it didn't matter. Nobody's picking a college because of a cookie cake. UK still got the dude anyways. I would. But, and there obviously aren't like major, major, major issues within the program because UK's recruiting very, very well. They're getting players that they want. But doesn't mean that there isn't room for improvement either. Hey, fellas, Brad for Bellbrook here with the hypothetical for your Thursday. If you could add Reed to the football roster as a safety or do as a tight end, who are you taking? Reed's athletic instinct and processing ability would make him a great safety, but a deuce framework and freak athleticism would make him unstoppable red zone target. Tough decisions. What do you say? This one's easy for me. I'm taking a do all day, every day. He, he would be an absolute monster as a tight end. Let's see if you did. To the football roster, so they're specifically talking about UK. Yeah. I would definitely take Reed. We need more help in the secondary. That's true. I don't it, – it, yeah. Yeah. A do is like a defensive end would be intriguing. Oh, He'd have man. to put on a little bit of weight and yeah. muscle, but, like, that's – there's something there. Well, his just – his high motor is, is everything for him, so I, I could see him playing any position, really, in any sport. A texter says, Scoot's point about Kansas' ceiling and UK's potential is confusing because it makes no sense. That must be it. <laughs> Speaking of ceilings, the UofL dorm room ceilings have entered the chat. Ugh, gross. I don't get it. Explain it to you off the air. <laughs> John here again. No guard on the Kansas roster is even better than our sixth man, which right now is Reed Shepard, and soon he will be a starter. No, Kansas does not and will not have better players. Got to go talk to you later. Yeah, I agree. I disagree with you there, Scoots, but we can, that's, people can disagree. And that's how you roar through a text line. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like Kansas is the number one team in the country, so maybe that's why I have that mindset because everyone else thinks that they would have the higher ceiling than Kentucky just based off the ranking. I think you're getting confused about like the word ceiling. So Kansas, as of today, and it's all opinion-based, Scoot. So like, if this is your opinion, it's your opinion. We're not trying to like force you to change your opinions, but I do think we're trying to get you to understand the premise of it is that Kansas's group of experienced players, people don't make as huge jumps from like junior to senior year sure. or senior to super senior year. But from an 18-year-old going to 19 with NBA talent type player, I mean, you know, think of like the rookie of the year versus what they looked like when they were in college. Mm -hmm. It all moves so fast for their development. So a player that's going to be an NBA superstar, what they look like in November when they're 18 versus March of when they're, maybe they turn 19 at that point. It can be drastic. But a 23-year-old from November to a 23-year-old in March probably is maybe just like slightly more efficient in one area, maybe. Yeah, no, I mean I understand that, but when we're talking about ceilings, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I feel like both the Kansas and Kentucky can win a national championship, so maybe they have the same ceiling. Yeah, but you're not commenting on the things that I'm saying, which makes me think you're not understanding them. That like, I mean, I understand. I, I, players that have more potential can grow in five months more than players that have met said potential. Yeah, I agree with that. But at the end of the day, if both of these teams can win a national championship, isn't it the same ceiling? No. I, I do think that no. Kentucky's players have more room <laughs> no. to grow. Absolutely. No. I, it wouldn't be the same ceiling. I think you could say that like where these team ceilings are are both good enough to win a national championship, but 
to say that like when both are playing at their absolute best at the end of the year that it would be the same level. You could have that take. I mean, I would disagree with it. I would imagine one team would probably be a little bit better than the other team. But I, I think you people just it's a you it's probably more of a UK thing, Scoots, than anything that like we're used to what a player looks like in November versus March better be different. Yeah. Where we didn't say that about Kellen Grady. We didn't say that about Davion Mintz. Like, you know, we didn't see them. In no, now, we said that, like, you should mesh with your team better. They'll gel better. Their chemistry would be better. That's probably the case with Kansas because they did have to replace some pieces. They, and they will gel better. But, like, Hunter Dickinson's not going to be a drastically better basketball player in March than he was on Tuesday. Because he can't get much better. That's our point. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Is like, Kansas's players kind of are what they are. Really, really, really good. Kentucky players are not what they are. And it's convenient, and I know it's a biased conversation and all those things. Like, oh, that's convenient. Kentucky players are going to get a lot better, but Kansas players are just going to stay the same. Yeah, I get it. But in the realm of, like, freshmen versus older players, there is it does make sense there. I understand that. But, I mean, for me, so is it is it like a records thing? Like, that, you know, like I think Kentucky could go, say, a year from no. now, 37 and 3, Kansas will go – no, it's not. It's not even four. a records thing. Like I, I think most UK fans would probably assume Kansas will have a better record going into the tournament than Kentucky will. Hopefully, not by like four or five games where they retake the wins lead. But I, I, I think what we're getting at is like UK fans are probably going to look at their roster come March and say, "I wouldn't change it with anybody mm-hmm. because I think this team's ready to rock and roll." Yeah. And they're not what they were in November, and they're they haven't peaked yet. Okay. Well, now that you word it that way. What this comes down to is which roster would I take? I would take Kentucky's. Come March. Come, come March. March. Come March, yeah. Um, and you got to see how these bigs develop. We'll sure. see how it shakes out. A, a texture on the Thorns text line says, Kansas' ceiling is the roof. Shout out to Michael Jordan. Another texture says, I'd say Kansas has a higher floor but not ceiling. I agree with that. So, Scoots, what a higher floor means is that, like, okay, what if things go south for UK's freshmen? What if you get some ego problems? What if the bigs never stay healthy and you're basically running a power forward at five all season? Could things go south for UK? I don't think they will, but all those things are are re- realities that are, are things that could come for, to fruition, I should say. Where Kansas, like, what what's the worst case scenario for Kansas? If they lost Hunter Dickinson, then yeah, they 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 could be in a little bit of trouble. But they're a sound basketball team across the board. They're pretty disciplined. I agree with that, Texer. Kansas probably has a higher floor, but I, I would take Kentucky's ceiling. You're taking the Hoosiers to not cover against Wright State tonight. It is nine and a half now. Oh, I think it was man. Nine. I don't know. I'm so confused and torn on this. Indiana only beat Army by eight, so that makes me want to take Wright State. But Wright State also lost two nights ago to Toledo. You could just stay is, away. Oh, I'm definitely going to stay away. What's the over-under? How about that? I uh, don't have it in front of me. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get I, it. It might be a – I'll tell you what. It's it's probably going to be a heavy player prop night for old Scoots. Okay. Okay. Uh, the over-under – I'll get to it here momentarily. 151.5. That's high. Oh, that's way too high. Yeah. Bet the under. You're not expecting too many points no, tonight. No, that's way under. That's going to go way under by at least 10 points. What do you like in the NFL game? I've got the Ravens winning by three. I think the spread there is four and a half. So I think the Bengals cover. Three and a half now. Oh, is it three and a half? Okay. Yeah, I think I think Ravens win by three. Do not cover that number. I I do not have a feel on that game whatsoever. If I had to like throw ten bucks on it, 
I'd probably take the Ravens to cover, but both teams coming off pretty embarrassing losses. Mm -hmm. This game means a little bit more to the Bengals, but if the Bengals win, then if you're the Ravens, you're probably starting to worry about what direction you're heading into. I'm pumped for it, though, because it's going to matter to both teams. I will take the Ravens to win by a touchdown, and then I don't know. I don't know where the Bengals are. By the way. No T. Higgins tonight for the Bengals. By the way, I heard this yesterday. I believe if the the Bengals beat the Ravens and the Jags lose – and the Chiefs lose against the Eagles, Steelers will be the number one seed in the AFC Steelers, if they win. Steelers about to get worked by the Browns this weekend. <laughs> no that's shot. crazy, though, that you that, that that's the case. Oh, they're getting worked. No. Uh, by the way, Mark Andrews, first touchdown of the game, plus 900. There's my bet for tonight. There you go. Everybody have a great Thursday. Thanks again for Corey Price hanging out with us. We'll have Nick Roush back tomorrow. Well done, Scoot. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Roll Just- Call. Justin Kalen, TJ Walker.